My name is Chris Bear and welcome to Saturday Art Free. On this episode, myself and the guys will be discussing the departure of Michael Beale as Rangers manager, what led to this and what next for the club. Joining me is, first of all, Tom. Tom, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, just thinking we, we're, we're overdue talking about a new manager at Rangers, so yeah, good to chat. Absolutely. This is a kind of... Um, the annual Rangers manager chat that we have around about this time of year. Um, joining Tom and I is Kenny. How you doing, Chris? Hope you're well. I'm actually in a pretty jovial mood. Uh, I think the right decisions have been made, but we'll get into that, Kenny. Um, and uh, joining Tom, Kenny and I is Dave. How are we doing, lads? I'm just going to get ahead of things here and say that no matter who it is, get them out. <laughs> and finally, uh, producer Andrew. Hello, lovely to be here. Um, less than a year ago, we started this podcast and uh, we're already on to our second manager. So things are going well. Absolutely. So um, we'll start off by reading uh, the statement that Rangers put out on Sunday at half eight, um, round about seven o'clock that night. Um, rumours were heavily circulating that Michael Beale had been um, relieved of his duties. Um and then at half eight, Rangers confirmed it. Rangers said in the statement, Rangers Football Club can confirm it has parted company with men's first team manager, Michael Beale. The Rangers board would like to put on record their thanks to Michael and his staff for their efforts since joining the club last November. Results this season have fallen short of what everyone connected to Rangers would expect. Therefore, the decision was reached today to terminate the contract of the manager as well as the contracts of coaches Neil Banfield, Damien Matthew, Harry Watland and Jack Aid. The club is pleased to announce that Stephen Davis will lead the interim management team. The team will consist of former Rangers player and hugely experienced coach Alex Ray, former Rangers player and current coach Stephen Smith, coach Brian Gilmore and goalkeeping coach Colin Stewart. And there's a bit here about John Bennett saying he'd like to thank Michael for his dedicated work since he rejoined the club as manager last November. It's clear the results have fallen well short of the board's, Michael's and all supporters' expectations. The search process for the new manager is already underway. I wish Stephen Davis and the interim management team every success. They'll remain in charge for as long as it takes to make the right appointment. Um, So a very succinct um, statement um, to the point. Beal is out. Um, I'll start with you, Tom. The correct decision, um, I think uh, you're going to agree with me. I certainly think it's the correct decision. What I'll ask is, Tom, too little, too late. Season pretty much damaged beyond repair in terms of the league, the, the league campaign. Are you asking Mr Positivity to agree and say it's all gone wrong? <laughs> um, I think I'll, I'll start off. I'll start off with an apology. You were right. I was wrong. I was, you know, saying, "What? Well, well, get it right. I'll get it right." I couldn't have been much. I couldn't have been much much more wider the mark so sorry boys you yeah you, you were right um do i think the season's complete right off no i don't there's still two cups to play there's still two cups to play for and let's go for a run in europe mm. the league might be a bit too too far you know at nine points but we give it a go and that's all we can do kenny um what what led to this ultimately was results um you can point to the semi-final against Celtic, you can point to the final against Celtic, you can point to 3-2 at Parkhead against Celtic, you can point to 1-0 defeat at Ibrox against Celtic, um, you can point to the Aberdeen result at the weekend, 3-1, which was genuinely the final nail in the coffin, you can point to the PSV humiliation in the Champions League, you can point to the Kilmarnock opening day defeat. Um, you know, it, 
a culmination of just unacceptable results. Um, but before we get to the results, Michael Beale was just not ready for this job. Uh, there was no style. Uh, we weren't a well-coached team. We He was way out of his depth when it came to media duties. And it, it was... Can you justify why... Again, it's pretty much the same question as I asked Tom, uh, but just maybe in a different manner. But can you justify why the board allowed us to continue after the result at Ibrox against Celtic? No, not really. Um, look, the the situation was beyond savable for him. So uh, I, I was one of those guys sat on this pod 11 months ago and said I, was, I wanted him to get the job and I was delighted that, that he did get it. But it's been, uh, certainly this season, it's been a disaster. It's just been... And it's getting, you know, we 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 all seen Saturday's game. It's getting worse. It it was appalling. Um, so no, it, look, the the guy. I, I tend to agree with you, Chris. The guy has been proven to be um, out of his depth a little bit. I don't think there's any doubt in that now. Um, the lack of cohesion, the lack of any kind of, you know, strategy or. Uh, style of play was was so so obvious. It just became uh, well. We've all heard Ibrooks over the last three or four weeks, haven't we? It's, I'm disappointed, Chris. It's, it's never nice to see a guy lose his job, but uh, being honest, it was it was that few weeks too late. They should have got rid of him during the last international break and given somebody that little bit extra time to work with these players who had obviously lost faith in. That, that you know what he was asking them to do so it is what it is Chris we move on we look forward and I tend to agree with uh, Tom actually there's plenty still to play for but the league already we're looking at uh, Celtic dropping points that we don't expect them to so it is what it is mate Dave um on the, the point that there's plenty still to play for, obviously, uh, give your thoughts on uh, Bill's departure as well. But um, where, I'm, where I'm at with that is it's the same players that have bottled league campaign after league campaign after league campaign. It's the same leadership that have shown no leadership, uh, well, the same leadership group that have shown no leadership over a six, seven year period. Um, it's, it's, it's then been supplemented by very, very poor players brought in at a very, very big expense by Michael Beale. And we allowed Michael Beale, an inexperienced uh, manager, um, to come in and run our football club. And we're exactly where we deserve to be as a football club. The fans deserve better than that. But when you're making amateurish decisions, um, which we've done, re- replacing Van Bronckhorst with Beal, allowing Beal to have full control over all aspects of the football club. I mean, remember, Michael Beal effectively appointed Zeb Jacobs as head of youth development. He he was running that football club. He was the only man with um, football knowledge, if you will, that was at that senior level at the, at the club. And all aspects of the football club were run by him. And it is one of the most negligent things I can ever remember Rangers down. I, f- I genuinely thought after the Pedro fiasco, we'll never go down that road again. We've not only made the same mistake twice, but this is a more costly mistake. You can look at Pedro going, oh, he get beat off progress and uh, send a lot of dross, but not to this extent. That The dross that has been signed, 
here is is just a whole new level. Um, and somehow, Michael Beale made us worse. Aye, it's um, it's actually staggering to believe. You'd have to have tried to make us worse for where we were. To go back to Pedro, at least he found Jack and Morelos. And I think, did he also bring in Dorans and Murphy? No, Murphy was there. Which Murphy was brought in by Murray after Pedro, but he brought right. in... Not a bad idea on paper, right? So, not a total washout, but obviously not great. After Geo, we needed to add value to the squad because the Havoc Wilson reeked the summer before, left us without a saleable asset, and I thought, OK, right, we've got Todd, Raskin, if we add another couple of players like that, we'll have some value in the squad. And somehow, and I don't know how, He's actually made the whole problem worse by bringing in players who just absolutely have not shown that they've got what it takes to be SPL players and the Mind Rangers players. And the problem has just been exacerbated. Dessers and Lammers are making Matondo look like a shrewd move because at least he can run fast in a straight line. They two are going to have to get paid off at extreme expense. So you're looking really at that, unless there's some sales, We've now got three or four years of FFP money tied up in there too, and they just don't look like they can cut it. So to your point about putting him in charge totally, utter negligence from Bisgrove in his first real decision. It's a real test and he's absolutely failed it by giving the entire reins to a complete rookie. I'm not saying things have been different if Bill had somebody above him to advise from a football standpoint or a director of football, but certainly not working in a coherent structure. Absolutely hasn't helped. He's just been allowed to recruit off his football manager 2014 shortlist. A player he liked when he was playing that game and it's had absolute catastrophic consequences for his going forward. I don't know if the season's quite out of reach yet. A good turnaround for me, a cup and a good run in Europe that would salvage something out of it. Does that look likely? I'm not so sure, but aye, putting an inexperienced manager like that in with that level of control is just it beggars belief now. And I, I sat here last year and said I wanted Beale in, but when you think about it from the board standpoint and what they were supposed to do and what they should have given Beale to work with and, and Gio, to be fair, they have now failed, completely failed two managers by giving one of them to, not enough rope, Gio, and giving the other one far, far too much. Yep. Andrew, the writing was on the wall very early on uh, this season. Um and we we tried to look at the first game of the season against Kilmarnock as a hiccup. I can't even turn around and say it can happen because it hadn't happened in 20 odd years. But, uh, you know, football in any given day, a team can beat another team. So we tried to brush it off as a one off. But the, the signs were there in pre season that we just, there was no cohesion there. The, the team was a fucking mess. There was no plan. He was signing players to not. Well, he said he was saying players to fit a style of play, but there was no style of play. We then moved on to obviously um, the PSV debacle, uh, then obviously Celtic, and then you, you had the game against Morton, which was just a shit show, even though we got through it, um, culminating in obviously uh, Aberdeen beating us at the weekend. Um, we then, but before the Aberdeen game, we were booed off in a 1 0 win against Motherwell. I, I, I've heard many people say that Ibrox was as toxic as I'd ever heard. I've actually heard Ibrox a lot more toxic in an individual night. Um, I think the, the performance against Hamilton under Gerrard was far more toxic. But on a 
on a consistent basis, week in, week out, I've never known Ibrox to be like that. I like well, well, I mean, I was going to say with the with the Hamilton result, you only had a global pandemic that kind of interrupted that from becoming even more toxic than it was. Because yeah. I think if that doesn't happen, then the, the situation changes quite drastically at that point. Yeah, but I suppose what I'm saying is Michael Beale created this culture of sucking the life completely out of the fans. Even mm-hmm. we didn't even know that we had that life in us because obviously the previous season Celtic got the treble and it was so fucking bad and yet he managed to make it worse and he managed to not just turn the players, uh, no, sorry, the team even worse. He, he managed to absolutely rattle the cages of every single, well, the majority of Rangers fans going to the, going to the games and that was apparent after the Celtic game, the, the fans had 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 enough. We, mm. that, the, the minds were made up. And I suppose it's the same question that I, I, I have given Kenny, but it has to come back to this. Why was he allowed to continue and even put more damage onto this season? Everybody could see that it was coming. Four wins in a row, four clean sheets. There was a few people going, oh, that's it, he's turned a corner. And, you know, you had the kind of, oh, Davis and Goldson hadn't been beating the league brigade. Just utter bullshit. Um Everybody could see this was coming. Yeah. Again, it comes to this lack of being proactive. I think that's it. Like, we we all, I think the majority of us on this pod actually discussed uh, after the Celtic game what our feelings were. And I think in the main, it was either he should go now or I think he should go, but the board won't get rid of him. Um, and then I think Tom was a sort of outlier saying, ah, we'll give him a chance. I'm sure it can't get that bad, right? Um, <laughs> we've already heard from Tom today. Um, so, look, I, I think you can forgive certain things. That there, are, there are excuses that we could have put in place prior to this weekend's past game. You know, during the last season, hey, he needs to get his own squad in. Pre-season, hey, it's pre-season. We're figuring out the team. Get beat off Killy in the first game. Ah, it's only the first game, you know, they, these things happen. Uh, although, as you said, Chris, they don't happen that often, um, once every 20 years. Um, and then he loses to Celtic at Ibrooks. I think the loss on paper by itself isn't that bad. But for a lot of people, myself very much included, it was the manner of that defeat that was the most disheartening thing. Because we went into that game with Celtic looking the weakest that they have for a long, long while. And we sat off them and just abjectly surrendered that game to them. And for whatever reason, we decided that was going to be the best option with one of the weakest Celtic teams that we've come up against in the past few years. That was the red line for me. And I think at that point, in my heart of hearts, I knew it was done. Uh, He's continued on for a month but it was always going to be the next truly bad result, which I think a lot of us thought was going to be the League Cup. That was going to be the next line. I've got to be honest, our expectations were low, but for fuck's sake, it was just truly awful to see that result come in. Yeah. Um, Dave, the issue the issue with this is um, we as stakeholders within the club, we, we should hold the Rangers board to, to scrutiny. Um to, to major scrutiny, really, with every decision they make, that includes the decisions that are that are forthcoming with, with a new management team. Um, I, I think, and myself included, I think we all could have done better with us. I think, you know, with, with Gio leaving, whether you wanted Gio out or you didn't, it happened. 
So you accept you accept that fact and we move on to the next manager. Um, but I was totally blinded by this narrative, which I don't actually know where it came from, that Bill was the brains behind 55. I'm telling you right now, that's, that's, put, that's put to bed. That is absolutely... Bill as the water carrier. Bill was the guy that put the cones out for Gerard. Um, the fact that I was so ignorant to the fact that Stephen Gerrard, a guy with 800 career appearances, didn't know anything about football, and a guy with zero appearances knew everything about football, the fact that I actually believed that bullshit, that's on me. And whoever else believed that, I'm not blaming you, because I'm. I, I, if I believe it, then how can I blame anybody else? But the guy's making the decision that other clubs shouldn't believe that. They, they, should, they should have... You, you would... You, you should have the assumption that they have more knowledge than us. And the fact is, they did believe it. And they allowed Michael Beale to play a very political game to get the job. There's no doubt about it, you know, undermining Gio on podcast, going up and watching him against Aberdeen, um, knowing that Gio was under pressure. Then when he comes in, he's completely saying that Gio, it didn't say Gio ruined the squad, but he done it in a very subtle way, you know, the handbrake's coming off. Um... We had the will pulled over our eyes. Again, I'm giving back to Pedro. We had the will pulled over our eyes with Pedro. Pedro sold as an absolute dummy. How have we allowed it? How have we allowed history to happen again? Uh, history to repeat itself again? Because this, as I say, I think we could have done better as a fan base. We were totally in love with this idea that Bill was something that he clearly isn't. And it's taken such a reality check for us to actually go, uh, he was just a... Uh, He's a car salesman. And by the way, again, I, there's no easy way of saying it. I, I don't take any pleasure in this, but Bill's getting a lot of, lot of criticism by friends of Rangers and let's just say people who aren't friends of Rangers. I can't disagree with any of them. I, I include Chris Sutton in that, Chris Boyd. I cannot disagree with any of them. I think they're all spot on. Aye, it's uh, became apparent that Bill's fundamentally lacking in a few key areas as not only a football manager but possibly also in other areas as well. Don't want to be too libelous, but aye, it's the whole thing has been a sort of charade for the get go. And as you say, the brains point. We all allowed ourselves to think that it's it's a nice thing to think. I remember going as far back as McLeish. We all thought Andy Watson was some sort of tactical genius, and then found that out. Bill might be a great coach at developing players, but he's, every other aspect of football management has come up short. And you're right, we did allow ourselves to be hoodwinked that Gary McAllister and Stephen Gerrard did something to learn for this guy. The board, what it's shown up to me is the board's lack of football knowledge and the lack of football people around the board. I'm kind of torn on that. I don't necessarily think you need a guy who's spent his career in the 80s or 90s and who has lots to say about the game, no necessarily all of it positive or along the lines of modern thought. We tend to, we want, we want somebody we recognise, a recognisable face when they're right, and I'm no pick them to it, but you need somebody who's at least been in the game for a long time, directing a football at various clubs, has had that experience and can advise, and it seems to me that the board have taken on board the opinions of certain individuals within that senior leadership group and went, aye, Michael's a good guy, Michael will sort this out, Michael will do it. And they've just basically hired their pal for within Gerard's background. And it's absolutely backfired. And I don't necessarily go down the, the player out road to get this unit, get that unit, although I'm certainly coming into that. 
point of view and don't think we'll do much better until certain individuals do go. But they have absolutely been, they have thrown us under the bus by going, hey, get, get, get Beal in. If the players have backed Beal in this and backed the board's decision, it's been absolutely shown up what they are, what their character is like, how hard they want to work and what their ambitions for Rangers are because it it cannot have come as a surprise that he was this deficient in so many key areas. Surely anybody who worked on a day-to-day basis would know that Bill actually wasn't all that when it came to certain fundamentals. Put the cones out, setting up drills, brilliant. Tactics, man management, leadership, no. If you flip it, the the leadership group in the 90s picked, or late 80s, 90s, picked Walter, and that was John Brown, Richard Goff, McCoy, Durant, and look where that led us, but look at the types of character they men were. This squad have picked a manager very right. much in their own image. Dave, I mean, it's, it's actually a fucking sensational point. They, they, they were winners. They wanted a guy that was going to go up to their standards. And, and our leadership group, there's no doubt about it, our leadership group were absolutely fucking overjoyed that Bill was coming back because they knew, they knew that they were getting an easy ride. They weren't getting yep. up for Gio. Um when I look back and I, I, I'm actually flabbergasted at the reaction. You look back and you had the players complaining that they were playing too much football in, in pre-season. What the fuck? Like, I just don't under, like, I don't get it. And then Bill comes in and it just, like, as I said, they know themselves. Bill's going to play me because he loves me. He's going to give me an, an easy an easy time. It's not going to be a demanding stewardship. And that's exactly why he got the job, because there was just fundamental support there within the dressing room. And these players shouldn't be trusted to make um, calls like that. They've shown it over and over. That's why that's why I think the season's done, because we're going to rely on these players to dig deep. They've not got it in them. And listen, nah. that's not a criticism. That's just reality. And I, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse anymore. They they, they are done. Um, so what's the point criticising them for something they just don't have? They don't have the, the, the balls to take this club by the scruff of their neck and actually go out there and fight for us. They don't have it. So why, why criticise them for it? It's just something they don't have. They need to be removed every much as Bill. I'm getting to that point. I've not always been there, but and and I th- I think a few of the ones that were kind of picking out here are great servants to the club and will deserve to be fondly remembered. But uh, there there has to come a point where you kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, and that's kind of where we're at now. And uh, again, that mentality, bottlers, weakness. I think that can be changed by leadership within the club, but it's not coming on the park. We've no signed leaders, really. We certainly haven't signed any this summer. Nobody in that, that, that we've signed this window is an out-and-out leader who is actually driving the team forward. I would, I would say Butland, Dave, to... Sorry, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm mere thinking just outfield. Butland's I, sort of limited in that he's a spectator for 75% of every match. But I take your point, you're right, he is. He's the only one who's going to stand up and be counted. The rest, Lammers still looks as if he gets his Monty Batham. <laughs> Dessers just Dessers is just he's a lovely big guy I'm sure he's a nice big guy he's very earnest but he's just not at it at all uh, Danilo don't see it coming Dibble seems quite a quiet guy so there's no warriors in that group no leaders the kind of guy you've got in the trenches we have said it before you need that in any organisation who's the guy that I'm going to hitch my wagon to who's going to the trenches for me here and there's none and they've picked Bill and whoever comes in 
is going to have to root that out pretty rapid and find some big, ugly bastards that he can rely on, but who will also challenge him. Kenny, do you want to expand on the bill ring? Because I genuinely don't have any more questions. I really don't. It's just we're just we're, we're going to be just be giving emotional thoughts now, and I don't think that's. I don't. No, think I get that, but look, I, I actually disagree with, with some of what Dave said there. I, not um, to sit there and have a go because I agree with most of what he's saying, but the the idea that these players can get two managers sacked within a year. Uh, you watch some of these boys. Uh, Nico Raskin's a prime example, conveniently fit this week. Uh, and I'm not I'm not having a dig at the boy, and it might well be coincidence, but I'm telling you right now, you watch some of these boys pick their tools back up this week. And don't don't be surprised if um, a number um, of them start being fit very quickly. I, I agree with that totally. I've got a couple of mates who played at good good levels. And they said the same thing happens at junior football, amateur Aye. football. Managers unpopular. Fuck this. Tools go down. Back injury. I'm off for four weeks. I'll know about training. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he gets bagged in their back end. So no, I totally buy into that. But the point here is, is, is it's important that we, we clarify this. The, the, the players who are coming, that potentially could be coming back. Raskin, he, he's not a, he's not a Bill loyal loyalist. No, 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 no. But I, my entire have, point have, is that... Have Goldson have and Lundstrom never missed a game. Yeah, I get that. But there, there are others who will be in the fringes of the squad who will go, what? this is going south. It's like, do you want to fucking go and work in the Titanic when you don't trust the iceberg spotting cunt to yeah, spot yeah, an iceberg if it's right in front of him? I suppose my point is they're coming across here is the leadership group still believed in them. Because as a, no, as a, they did, no, they didn't. Trust me, they did not. There's no chance. And I'm not telling you where I got that. They didn't. Oh, go on, Kenny. You can't No, I, I, can't, I, I genuinely can't. Put I'll tell you offline. I'll tell you offline, tell us. but I, I know that they had there was a number of those players in there had put it this way. What one of the ways it was put to me is there's nobody unhappy in that dressing room on Monday morning. So, uh, look, it's it's a <laughs> that's my point about these players that we watched them do this. You've you've already said it yourself, Chris. They 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 threw Geo under a bus. Uh, I'm not saying they're throwing Michael Beale under a bus because I think Michael Beale has contributed uh, 90% to his own downfall, to be honest with you. You can't be that contradictory. You can't have no style of play. You can't keep losing games you should be winning uh, and just basically turn up and make Rangers an absolute shit show and make them, as you both alluded to earlier on, we're worse this season than we were last season. We're bringing nine, nine new players in. That is almost impossible to do. So what I want to see um, from here, to be honest with you, is a, a CEO that leads, that brings in a winner, uh, brings a proven winner with a track record of winning trophies. Aye, I was going to say, Kenny, just, just qualify that when you say winner. Do you mean a football manager that's a winner? Yes, Aye, not not an ex football player. No, no, no. Listen, we need we categorically need a guy to come into our football club that has won trophies, has a winning mentality, and that is prepared to look at the our squad of players 
and turn around and say, see the influence that certain players have got in this, uh, this squad? It stops now. I'm your leader. We've got this leadership group in this 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 football club uh, that is so influential. It's it's got to stop for me. I genuinely mean this, Chris. It's got to stop. Get we have one captain. He goes to the manager, and that's it. We've got four, five, six players every single season that are in this senior leadership group. It's a nonsense. And I understand that you do need two or three guys to help a captain. I'm fully aware of that. But these guys have got way too much sway at our football club. I want that ripped up. I want the manager to be our leader. Because at this minute in time, twice in a year, our players have got a manager this act. And it's no good enough, Chris. Um, I want that squad ripped up yet again. Uh, That's the way I feel. Uh, and that obviously can't happen. But that's the way I'm feeling at the minute, that these players have continually, over year after year after year, failed to produce when it really, really matters. So that's kind of how I feel about it. And it's why when Dave's saying that, I, you know, he's coming around to that way of thinking. I've been that way for for a, about six months now. Just get that ripped up. The, the guy that leads our, our club has to be the figurehead, which has to be our manager. And our CEO better get that appointment right. He really has, because if he doesn't get this particular appointment right, Chris, there's only one place the fans are going to go, and it's after him and after the chairman and after the rest of that board. They have to understand this. We mentioned this last week. I've, I've written about it last week as well. There's no... They've no grace period left, any of them. Not the players, not a manager, not a board. We're, we are tired of this. And I don't know if I'm speaking for myself or speaking for you, you guys, but I am just sick and tired of it. It's, I, a, I, it's a fucking disaster. Listen, the, the one thing I'm not going to, the one thing I'm definitely not going to do, because I'm really not this type of person, is the, be the I told you so, but see how you're feeling right now? That's how I felt after Joe was sacked. And the fact that these same players are still being allowed to, to go into a new season and ruin another season, just absolutely... Listen, Chris. Listen, Chris. Tom's already said it on the pod. Eddie said it to you in the group chat the other day, and I'll say it to you as well. You were bang on. And whether people like it or not, whether the abuse you take... On Twitter, which is a nonsense, by the way, because all you're doing is voicing an opinion, and you're no more or less important than the guy that wants to throw abuse at you. And I don't mean that it's a, you know, derogatory to anybody, but at the same time, it's true. You're just voicing an opinion online, uh, but you've been proven to be right over the last year, Chris. Whether people like it or not, they have to face the reality. You have been right. Uh, well, 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 like as I say, I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not in the game for that, but it's. I just I just felt that it was perhaps more obvious than what it became because you could tell these players were just in a very comfortable environment where they just there was no consequences for their actions. Um and it's how that was allowed to manifest. At the end of the day, we're just fans. We can only voice our opinion and that's what we've done. Some people have different opinions, that's fine as you say. But how the the guys running the club didn't see it, that they're the custodians of our club and they they allowed us to keep continuing. Um, it was just fuck it. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm speechless when it came to, when it comes to discussing that how this was allowed to continue to manifest. But Tom, listen, it's not been a positive pod. 
Come on, you're the Mr. Positive here. You can put a positive slant on it. But, but let's let's hear it. What have you got to say? At least, well... It's international break in a bit. <laughs> Stephen Davis. <laughs> Stephen Davis is undefeated as a Rangers manager. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah we, we get a break from Rangers for a couple of weeks after, after Sunday. But <laughs> That's a, I um, think the interesting thing here, Tom, is like you, you, you're a very positive guy, and there's absolutely nothing the matter with it. I mean, sometimes it can be annoying when you're when you see doom and gloom. Like I, I, we've spoken about this privately, but I don't hate you for it. I don't dislike you for it. Um, I, I just see that your positive outlook is is what gets you through life, and that's absolutely fine. But where are you at with the players? I'm done with them, to be honest. I mean, the example I'll give. Um, after the game, I think there was there was video footage went around of a, a fan who obviously you know was quite emotional. Was trying to speak to our captain, trying to speak to Tav, who just blanked him. Didn't did, didn't even give the kid didn't give the guy the time of day. He was angry, but I don't think he was aggressive with him. He wasn't you know shouting at him or caught you know it wasn't abusive to him, but he, he ignored him. Jack Butland spoke to the same guy and you know seemed to listen to him, and that that spoke volumes to me that the captain of Rangers would refuse to speak to one of the guys who was essentially responsible for paying his wages. Yeah, but the, the, it, was just, that, it was just wrong. That clip that you're talking about didn't separate with me um, in many ways. Uh, I, I think the, the, the fan, uh, I'm not going to criticise the fan, as you say, he was emotional um, and he was angry. We all were. Uh, so, cool. Um, the fact that he got filmed, don't understand that, but here we are, we're in Twitch. That's, just, that's just the world we're living in, <laughs> yeah. We're in 2023. But can I just say I agree with you, Chris? None of none of that sat well with me at all. None of it. Um, oh, quite an odd thing to watch. And why somebody's filming that, I don't quite know. We mentioned this before. Our supporters need to wise the fuck up, honestly. At the end of the day, it was filmed, um, and there's nothing we can do to change that. And the fact is, I, I, I agree with you, Tom, that I think Tav's attitude towards it, attitude was, sorry, Tav was giving the, the, the boy um, some lip backs, and I don't think we're not talking about it. It's like, Tav, fuck up. Like, seriously, talking is cheap, and this squad does a lot of talking. This this department manager done a lot of talking. Um, we, we're no idiots, and after nearly 10 years at the club, Tav should know that. In fact, Tav does know that. Um, and I also want, well, also kind of concede that Tav's in a pretty bad situation because it doesn't matter. He could have come out and said sorry, you know, that he would have got pelters. So um, I, I just, people were saying um, after the game, because Butland was the one that got put out in the press, people were saying, where's the captain? For, for once, I was like, thank fuck he's not there because I really do not want to hear the same shit for him. Um, Keep him well away from the microphone. Like, I do not want to hear for James Tavernier after yet another failure. Um, didn't really want to hear for any of them, but, it, you know, amazingly, Jack Butland actually made me calm down and think, right, we've got a good one there. Um, out of many of the, the, the bad eggs, well, no bad eggs, rotten eggs, let's just say, um, we've actually got a good one there. And he, he is somebody that will uphold our standards, hopefully. But it's a bad day when you're actually thinking to yourself, the captain's not doing it, you know what I mean? He is a brilliant player, and there is there is place there for James Tavernier at Rangers. Tom, I'll even I'll bring this back to you, Tom. That there is a place there for James Tavernier going forward. It just take that armband off him um, because that that needs to be this that needs to be a signal of intent of we are entering a new era now because um, 
his his leadership just isn't there um, where we, we need it to be. Um, people will go about it. it leadership comes in performances um, where he's obviously digs out of holes and stuff like that. Uh, that's good that he can, you know, bring himself up to a standard, but he needs to bring people around him up to the same standard, and that's what a good captain does. Yep, agree. Um, t- take take the armband off him. I mean, for buying anything else, he's not at the standard we expect of a Rangers player at the moment. I no. don't know if his leg, you know, if, if his legs are going, if he's just not, if he's not not fit enough to play the game he was. You know, when when we signed him, what nine years ago? Eight, eight years ago, so if, if that's the case, yeah, we we just need to have that conversation. And say, look, sorry, you're not there anymore. We signed this, you know, we signed Sterling in the summer. Give him a go. I think the problem is, um, I don't want to write Sterling off, uh, but I think that genuinely is a problem. He's just, he's just he's not good enough. Um, I have, I've not seen enough of him to even make that decision. But I think that's why. I think that's why. I think we've not seen enough of him because he's he's not good enough. I mean, I'm, I'm making a, an opinion on a boy that I've seen very little of, but I have to ask a question. Why have I seen very little of him? He had a slight injury, but he's, he's back now and we've still not seen seen much of him. I mean, I did like I his... Must... I did like his fast throw last week. Um, <laughs> but that was, that's always really... I genuinely bad. believe the reason we've not seen enough of him is he's a right-back and he play, and he's, you know, he's a right-back and so is James Tavernier. And Tavernier's a captain and Tavernier's starting regardless. He could come on with one leg on Thursday yeah. and, he, and, he, you know, and, he, and he gets a start. This no, is my kind of point, kid but we're... Sorry, sorry, Tom. Beg your pardon. So I'm finished. I was just saying, give, give the kid a chance. Give, give Sterling a go. This is what my kind of point was, that whoever comes in has to start with everybody with a clean, clean slate. Uh, it doesn't matter who's been coming in. You know, Gio came in, same back four. Fields come in, same back four. Listen, we've got players there, young players that, and let's not kid ourselves on here that Tavernier's had a good season, or Barisic is a good, you know, has been good, or Yilmaz has been good. We've got tremendous young fullbacks. Why are we not giving these boys a chance? Even in cup games and things like this, um, we have to see what these boys have got. And this is what I'll, that's all I'm saying about this clean slate. Everybody starts with fucking zero. That's what I mean. You you have no credit in the bank with me. That's what that's the type of manager we need that's going to take a look at that squad and say, I'm going to pick the best eleven and if you don't perform you'll be getting dropped next week. The way <laughs> the way football should be instead of what we've got at this minute in time. Yeah. Andrew, I think it's uh, fair to say at this point, um if you're a listener and you're expecting some um, analysis in the game at the weekend. I'm not doing it because what's the point? He's out now. Um, it would be rinse and repeat of the last five, six, seven, eight analysis of um, poor performances under Bill. Um, it was a shit show. Um, we are talking about the big news here. We've sort of moved on to the players, Andrew. I think that was naturally going to happen. I don't think it was planned, but it was naturally going to happen. Before I move on to the interim team and the possible replacements, can you... Uh, I'll ask each of you, but Andrew, I'll start with you. Can, can you, can you summarise Michael Beale's tenure? Uh, a lot of good talk and not a lot of delivery afterwards. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, short and sweet, just like his tenure. Dave? Constant contradictions, constant sound bites that didn't go anywhere, confusing decisions on and off the pitch, and he's left us with a big minging mess. Mm. Tom? 
promised a lot and failed to deliver. Well, well. Uh, Kenny? A mirage of an oasis in the desert or something. <laughs> Kenny, you're, you're the closest one yet. Uh, because I'm just going to sum, sum it up with one word. Um, and, and before I sum it up with that one word, the, the I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he does care about the club. I'm sure he did make a lot of mistakes that he regrets. I'm sure he'll look back and go, I fucking totally fucked up. But the one word is fraud. Um, is that harsh? I don't know. I don't think it's harsh. I think it's understating because I could be a lot, I could be a, a hell of a lot more um, aggressive with my language. But at, at the end of the day, that is exactly, we, we've been sold a short one here. Not for the first time, with us both, by the way. Um, but fundamentally, should not have happened. He should not have got the job. Um, and we have to, we we have to learn for this. We, the, Kenny's right. The next manager has to have a track record. He has to be a winner as a manager. He has to be a guy who's demonstrated leadership skills and who can take the very, very, very difficult job of Rangers Football Club, manage expectations, but also deliver those those expectations. Um, and that is a very certain, um, uh, uh, sorry, a very bespoke uh, suit of characteristics that we're looking for. Not, not every manager could manage Rangers um, in the world. There's only a very certain few that can do it. Um, and... Bill was never in that category for me. Um, it, it just that 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 is it. That is putting a bow on it, and we we move on. Um, so before we come on to potential replacements, the the interim team is uh, Stephen Davis, Alex Ray, Stevie Smith, Brian Gilmore. Stephen Davis is the official manager. Tom, listen, uh, it's an interim team. I'm not getting my knickers in a twist here. People, some people are like, oh, Alex Ray, what the fuck? He's no place in Ibrox. He's terrible manager and stuff. Um, no, they've got a point. They do have a point, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be there long term. Um, <coughs> he's there to help us. He's there to help us get us over the line for a couple of weeks. Buy us a bit of time. Stephen Davis, wish him absolutely all the best. I swear to fuck, these players have let us down a lot. See if they start letting down Stephen Davis. Um, I, I'll be going up to Ibrox myself to chase him. I, and I'll, I'll be standing at that fucking gate where they come out with their cars and I'll be filming, filming them going off on it. <laughs> Yeah, Alec Ray wasn't a good manager. Let's you know, let's get that up and out there straight away. However, we've not got him in as a manager. He's there to assist, to assist Stephen Davis. So, you know, he's there to you know almost to, he's almost to the, the yin to the yang. So Davis, then you know the the calming influence as he as he comes across. Alec Ray's the snarling ball, which is what you, which is almost what we we need. Maybe some maybe a few of our players need that, but all of our players need a few home truths and he's not been at the club, he's not been in and around the club, so being able to come in and give them that might well, might see his reap a more benefit. And then you've got the yeah, then you've got the class personified of of, of Stephen Davis. So yeah. As you yeah. said, if, if if they fucking let him down, God God help them. I I don't hear for me, let me tell you. Um, I think they thought of that far behind him at the moment. There were anybody less I think they let him down, there's no way back for them. I don't know. Uh, well I I think there's no way back from anyway, but this would just uh, this would get pretty toxic. The toxicity isn't over yet because, as I say, if they let down Stephen Davis, that's uh, almost high treason um, when it comes to Rangers crimes. Um, because let's be honest, Kenny, whatever happens over the next couple of weeks, we could lose the next three games under Stephen Davis. 
it's not Stephen Davis's fault. No, and to to be fair to whoever made the decision to put Stephen Davis in there, it, it's actually quite a smart move, I think, uh, because very. That, Kenny, very left-field. I would never have thought that. Um, no, neither would I. I and mean, that's what I mean. I think it, it it's one of those things that takes the pressure right off everybody, including I'll the players. You, I'll take you back to what I said the other day on Twitter. He's just wandered in for a checkup and a bit of rehab on his knee and the doctors went, Stephen, <laughs> sit down, it's bad news. <laughs> really bad news, Stephen. <laughs> oh, no. What is it? You're the manager now. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. But it is clever, isn't it? Uh, uh, you know, that joke the, very clever. I love it. Uh, well, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> but but it is a clever decision in the sense that you know nobody's going to blame Stephen Davis for anything. <laughs> They're just not going to do that in this situation. Uh, none of us will do that. Uh, so in that sense, that's clever. But the the taking the pressure off the players as well, I, I think, is really quite smart because. What 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 Stephen Davis and Alex Ray are going to have to do is kind of almost to a certain degree, particularly with um, with the new players, is kind of explain to them that, that um, listen, there's a wee cuddle, there's a wee hug, how you coping, how you settling in, and trust me, lad, Ibrox isn't normally like this. Um, you know, it's a great place to play your football, so let's just settle down, get results, and and take the pressure off these guys because. I get the distinct feeling that, you know, from day one this season, where where if you all recall, the the away crowd at Rugby Park were venomous that day. They were absolutely venomous for losing that game. They get dogs abuse. Michael Beale get dogs abuse. The players got it as well. Uh, so it's been like this since day one this season. So all these new players are, are giving it what have I walked into? You know, there's pressure playing football for big clubs like a Feyenoord or a, a Chelsea or, a, you know, a Norwich or whatever, you know, these guys are all coming from. There's <laughs> the pressure at Rangers, uh, you know, and it's the same across the city. You you do not know what it's like till you get here. You just don't. And to that, you know, for that reason and to that extent, it does take the pressure back off these players a little bit. And, and I, I do like the, the decision. I'll, I'll give... Whoever made that decision on our board, um, a bit of kudos for that. Actually, I think it was quite a smart move um, because it's a it it will settle everybody down. I think, and he's he's such a a calm person, Stephen Davis as well. That and so well liked that they will want to play for him. Andrew, howdy. Hi. <laughs> Stephen Davis. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great point. You had your Austin moment there, Andrew. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, yeah, I'm feeling it really. Um, it's been an emotional kind of week, so you know, there's been a lot going on. Um, I like the the complaints about Alex Ray. He's been an assistant for Paul Lintz for however many goes around that Paul Lintz has been a manager, and that's always worked out perfectly as far as I'm aware. So that's fine. Um, Stephen Davis is uh, that rare thing in Rangers football at the moment, which is someone who has that built-in credit in the bank, someone who's got a good reputation. That is few, like a few and far between in terms of people who have that right now. So he is a good fit for that kind of temporary management uh, role. The fact that we have 
two games now until the international break as well, where we're going to have a long period of time to potentially appoint another manager. That does give this board some time. I would hope that they would take that time to consider their different options, make sure that they get this appointment right, because we've seen the consequences of rushing this choice and we've seen the consequences of forcing yourself into a move quickly and at haste. So there isn't that need to do that at this point. Um, so I would, I would hope that the boards take their time. Stephen Davis is going to work just fine as a caretaker of that. I have no doubt, but we'll see, you know, it's unfortunately it's the same squad of players that he's got to work with. Uh, Dave, I know you're a big Davis fan, uh, just like myself, um, and I know that you're going to take this very personally if these players let him down, uh, let him down, sorry. Aye, I, I think he'll be a success to I think Davis is the perfect temperament to be a manager, or generally, but I think at Rangers, he's got the calmness, the cool head, he's no overawed by it. Uh, another thing that I wanted to say earlier is, I'm fucking sick of managers coming in and talking about what a privilege it is to manage at this great club. Just fuck up and do the job. We know how great a club it is. Don't try and get us on side with that shit. If you're hitting out with that, you're out your depth. I don't remember Walter ever coming out with that part. Of, not regularly, anyway. Maybe in the odd interview. But, oh, what a privilege it is to manage and it's fucking this and that. Shut up, Michael. Just do the job. If you're overawed by this, it's not going to work. I don't think Davis will be. He knows the standards, the expectations. He's seen it firsthand how great managers Walter do it at Ibrox and what he did to make it work and the kind of principles of man management and media management that he applied. And I think Davis played tip on the right way. Plenty of aggression, always looking to get the ball forward, always looking to keep it, making smart decisions. It doesn't always work like this. There's moulding teams in their own image, but if there's anybody you want to mould a team in their image, for me it would be Davis. Just class, Technical ability, aggression. That's a team of Stephen Davis's is what you would look for. So I'm actually quite confident he'll do a good job. I, I'd be prepared to game as long as it takes. If it doesn't go south right away and he's doing okay, I would be prepared to let it run as far as it goes, even at the end of the season, if the UEFA things know a, a bind in that regard. I think the fact that Dave's still on board with him and he's, he's been in post two days is a glowing endorsement, quite <laughs> frankly. So I think he's got legs to do this for, for a long time. <laughs> well, listen, one thing's for sure is it's he's no it's not going to be to the end of the season. It's um we've got a thirteen week uh, period where we can have him as a caretaker without his full badges. Um <clears throat> that does take us to the end of the Europa group, but obviously I would say we've pretty much guaranteed group stage football, eh, sorry, knockout football after Christmas just with that one-one against Betis. Because if you're if we're gonna fuck up for this scenario when you keep the top three of whoa, this is your first rodeo, isn't it? You've never seen this before. No, no, no. I, oh I, man, well, it gets it gets unbelievably, worse. Unbelievably, the players have done the hub. They really have. Oh no, it can get it can always get worse, man. I, I can't oh, see. man. It's no, a naive thing to say. <laughs> That's a very naive thing to say. Listen, the top two going to Europa and the third place drops into the conference. This is the last year for that, so... Let, let me see. Like, we'll, we'll there, there's, Chris, there's Chris looking at the light at the end of the tunnel and uh, doesn't realise it's an oncoming train, you know? You know what I'm doing? I'm actually giving the players a lot more credit than they deserve. Because even I'm like, hey, you can't fuck it up. I know there's five games to go, but you've done the hard bit. You can't fuck it up for you. Um, so I <laughs> just watch, baby. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, I suppose there's that wee bit of, man, I had 
I don't even hold know my, that hold my applied <laughs> nutrition sports drink. <laughs> so far this season, Kilmarnock have beat us, Aberdeen have beaten us, uh, Servette probably should have beat, should have beat us, nah. Motherwell certainly should have beat us. I say, I'm not having it, I'm not having it. We'll, we'll Southern fine. Europe's a bit of graveyard for us, we need to go there twice, we've struggled in places in San Augusta, we need to go to Spain. What, what's happening here? Chris has become the fucking voice of positivity here. The world's gone upside down, man. Well, my, my, my overall point wasn't really to praise the players. It was just to say that Davis wasn't getting the job. So just to bring it back round to the next heavy. <laughs> let's just let's just agree that whatever happens in Europe, we're not getting grannied this time round for as opposed to last season. What happened, right? We're not getting grannied. Take the positive. It's the small things, Dave. It's the small things. Listen, the potential new managers. I've kind of walked it down to a short list of three, as 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 has Rangers, I think. Um, Kevin Muscat, Janssen uh, from from AZ and Frank Lampard. Um, we can discuss potential other ones, but I think it's going to be one of those three that will be the new Rangers manager. Um, listen, we all know who I'm going to talk about. I will leave myself to the end, but we'll, we'll, I'll open up to the floor. Tom, who's your preference there? Um, if we believe that it is going to be Janssen, Muscat or Lampard, who would you rather? Or do you want to find another name in the remix? Um, and give me your reasons behind it. I don't know enough about Janssen to be perfectly honest. I mean, I know, I know he's, I've seen what he's done. He's done, you know, well, well, Alkmaar. But apart Can from I, that, that is pretty much. He's, he's played. He's played one game in Scotland, and Jack Ross fucking beat him. So nah, not for me. Fucking then he's out. <laughs> <laughs> that takes us. That takes, that 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 leaves us with with Muscat and Muscat and Lampard. Then um, to balance it up, Dave, they then fall out with a seven 0 win. So I. <laughs> <laughs> if you. Realistically, I don't think. I mean, Frank Lampard. He done all right at Derby. He done all right, and that's about as you know as good as I'm, I'm going to give him. It was abysmal at Chelsea. I think he's he's another he's another bail. You know, he he talks a good game, but he's he's not a good manager. So he's out, and you know, probably, you know, probably a deduction. I think I think we've got to we've got to give it to Muscat. So yeah, so I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with giving it to Muscat based on 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 those three. I can't think of anybody else. Just want to make it clear that Tom wasn't paid for that. So, um, Kenny, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because you've been quite quiet about it. Um, you've not really given a strong view in terms of who you would prefer. Maybe you've ruled a few guys out that you wouldn't like, but in terms of who 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 you want, who, who you who you thinking? Well, here's the thing. I'm, I'll say my wee piece here because you're obviously in some of the same group chats as me or similar people to me. And you've heard the same kind of thing that, that basically they've got they've got it narrowed down to three folk already, and I, I don't know if it's me, and I don't know if it's just because I'm that wee bit older, and I, I ponder on things a wee bit longer. But I'm looking at that and saying he was sacked on Sunday, and we've got it down to three folk already. Yeah. I find that mind-boggling, honestly. Yeah. Of all the managers in the in the game. All over the world, we've got it narrowed down to three already. I can't, I can't understand that. That that sets alarm bells ringing for me, to be honest with you. Genuinely, um, that's not due diligence. Honestly, they're dismissing people out out of hand. You know, obviously, if they're doing that. Um, also, you know, you you'll have heard this stuff about Jansen as well that he's still in a job, and I'm not sure they'll be wanting to. Necessarily, uh, having have you know having had to pay out uh, the compensation for for Michael Beale and his team, I'm not 
quite so sure they'll be wanting to pay too much of that to, to AZ Alkmaar either. So not sure that will happen. Um, Kevin Muscat. I think, I, just sorry, cut across you there, Kenny. I think when it comes to Janssen, I, I think the the accepted narrative here is he's interested, we're interested, but we can't meet that that buyout. So it's a, it's a no-go unless Bennett really, really pulls rank and digs deep because it's going to have to be a... Listen, Chris, I, I, again, I, you know, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit by saying that I, I don't think he'd necessarily be... But I'm not there to do the job. I'm not getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a year to do this job. But I, looking at it, I, I don't think he's necessarily worth the, the punt on it. I think it would be a bit of a gamble because he, he did well with Altmar in Europe. Uh, was it last season or the season before? I can't remember. Um, he got them to the semi-final where they get beat... Uh, was it West Ham that beat them? I think it was. Um, and, you know, he's taken Altmar to pretty much where you would expect Altmar to, to be, which is in the top four, top five, top six in Holland all the time, which is kind of what they do. So he's just keeping them ticking over. Um, don't know enough about the guy or his style of football. We've heard he's a little bit defensive, so I don't want that. What I want at this minute in time we all respected to, to Gio and, and to Michael Beale. We have watched turgid, rotten football for a long, long time now. I want an attacking manager. And for that reason alone, um, if it was to come down to those three, I'll take Kevin Muscat because I do not want Frank Lampard anywhere near that football club. He, he's done nothing as a manager, absolutely nothing. He had... A very good side where he spent a lot of money at Derby and ballsed up a playoff against Leeds, I think it was. Didn't get them there. Uh, did a terrible job at Chelsea. The next guy came in, won them the, the Champions League uh, the same season. Um, went to Everton, almost got them relegated and went to Chelsea and couldn't score a goal. So, no thank you. He's, he's not. If we hire him, uh, honestly, that board needs chased. And I mean it. Uh, so that that's where I can I am with it, Chris. I, I, I find it very very strange that we've only got or the, the the word on the street, if you, so to speak, is that we're, we've narrowed it down to three already. Out of those three, Kevin Muscat for me, mate. Hi, before I come to Dave, uh, obviously you know these things are very uh, these things can be very fluent. They can change on a dime. Um, it's free at the moment, but I. A new contender can come from nowhere, so I don't want people thinking that it's definitely going to be one of those. But we're kind of going in the provision that it is. No, absolutely. Aye, um, it's. I mean, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting. If you're saying uh, you're going to put your house on one of these three or another contender, I'm putting my house on one of these three. I, I, I genuinely think it's going to be one of these three that it's going to be the next manager of the Rangers, um, which is equally. Exciting and depressing because there's uh, well I'll come to my say Dave um out of those three who 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 you who you thinking um and is there a, an alternative uh, from from Dave um I don't know about alternatives but I am uninspired in different ways by every candidate mentioned so far I have to say of those three Pascal Janssen I don't know enough about I've not seen his football we did the Dutch manager thing. He'll certainly have a philosophy. Can the players adapt to that? I don't know. Bit of punt with the money. No so keen. 
Lampard, disaster in waiting. Boy, it sits behind me. Hi, Colin. As a Chelsea fan, and during Lampard's various tenures there, he just slated him on Twitter and in person. I think Lampard's an absolute disaster waiting to happen, which leaves Musket as the front runner. I think we've seen the blueprint that he follows work in this league. He seems to manage his team to play with intensity and aggression. So of those three, he would be the pick for those reasons. Although, as I say, it's not an, an appointment or a manager or somebody who really jumped to, to me or inspired me. In terms of what I would like to see, I'd like to see us go for a manager with two, three hundred games under his belt and a bit of experience, even if it's just a medium-term appointment. Somebody who's pragmatic, been in the block in Britain and can man-manage. We, as a club, are less reliant on a, a philosophy or a style of play or having to play football in a certain way, albeit it was nice when we did it under Gerrard or whatever, but we just want to win and that requires a degree of tactical flexibility and pragmatism and somebody who's going to change the way we play to accommodate better teams in Europe or inferior teams in Scotland and try and find gaps and exploit them in Scotland. One thing Gerard never did was change it up and play two big strikers, for instance, against teams that sat camped in. So we need somebody who's going to identify weaknesses and exploit them. That's essentially what Walter did. So for me, this isn't popular and it will get... It, it, it seems, seems to get ridiculed in, twi- in Twitter quite a lot, but an old school British manager just to steady the ship, Sam Allardyce or somebody, to come in, oversee the football department way through the lens of somebody who's been at the top end for a long time and will be pragmatic. I'm not saying that's the be all and end all or the route to success for five, ten years, but right now we need a major steady the ship in every department. And my preference would be Guy Davis the chance with what well Warnock or an Allardyce as a mentor that he can bounce ideas off of because these guys have experienced football at every level, boardrooms, dealt with directors, dealt with top end football, bottom end football, and fundamentally are man managers. And they could help to reshape the club a wee bit off the park and in the boardroom as much as on the park. So that would be my preference. Warnock or Allardyce and to oversee Davis. Could be a controversial take that, Dave, but I'll keep my counsel. Um, Andrew, what about you? Well, Frank Lampard went to school just up the road from me, so obviously I'm a big fan of his. Um, I have no other reason to be excited about him apart from that. Uh, his managerial record is atrocious. Um, he would be an uninspiring choice based on just the name and the social media clout that I think we'd get for it. So that's what we got to with Kamaru's wages. So, for me, an uninspiring choice. Um, Kevin Muscat's the front runner, as far as things are concerned. Um, he's he's doing very well in the bet odds at the moment, so that looks more likely. the The problem is that I have with this, Chris, is that unfortunately, and I know the boys have shown a lot of contrition earlier by by saying that you were right. I just want to put it on record now that I'll never ever ever say that you were right, Chris, even when you are because I can't give you that satisfaction. Um, so for me, Muscat's probably the best option as it stands out of what we have. I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Dave, though, that none of the options are uh, grip me in that in that manner to, to, to make me go, oh, wow, oh, yes, this is it. It's 
and that and that part of that is down to how Rangers have been this season. Uh, part of that is I've been beaten down. Uh, my my typical optimism has been beaten out of me. So that that's going to be part of it, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I I would hope that more sensible minds are prevailing. So obviously, I have a lot of faith on our board to to be sensible and do that. Well, Andrew, it's um, but the season been over uh, when it comes to uh, you know the league. Um, I think it's my season goal just to get you to admit on the pod at least one occasion that I was right. So that that can be my kind of seasonal target. Um, that will keep me going throughout the season anyway. So uh, everyone listening, that's the story arc for this season that we're working on. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that that in many ways that kind of sums up where we're at. Uh, like the 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 managerial. Um, Hunt, if you will, it's uh, it's underway. It's well underway. I do know that. Um, I actually do know that we have spoken to um, a few candidates. Um, people can say whatever they want, or uh, you know, fuck all. Whatever, like, cool. I don't actually care. Um, I know the people have told me this, um, and I trust them, and um, they obviously trust me as well to tell me. But in terms of who I want, um, I think it's pretty obvious who I want. Um, I wanted them before Bill was in the door, um, and 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 I want them now. I think when we look at the the story of this podcast, uh, everything we've discussed, we've, we've spoke about um, fragile players. We've spoke about um, a, a leadership group getting above their station. We've spoken about needing experience. We've, we've spoken about needing a winner. We've spoken about needing a personality to manage Rangers. Um, We've spoken about somebody who needs to understand the culture of the club. We've spoken about somebody who needs to understand the culture of British football. We've spoken about somebody who needs to deal with the media in a more savvy way. Um, we need a straight-talking individual who isn't going to bullshit us. Um, and we need a guy with a philosophy who can implement it and that's going to get us off our seat and actually get us excited. And and, and literally all those boxes there are ticked by Kevin Muscat. Now, I know that he's not perfect. He's, he's definitely not perfect. But whoever we get isn't going to be perfect. We're not going to get a manager right at the top of his game with no bad uh, spell on his CV. We are going to have a manager with at least one thing bad on his CV. Um because that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Um, it's it's as simple as that. I can't remember a time where any, and I'll bring Celtic into this, I can't remember a time where any of the old firm teams brought in a manager who was absolutely perfect. Well, actually, I can. I can. Um, Paul Le Guin is probably as, as, as close to perfection as you possibly can. And you've seen how that turned out. Um, every manager in the game almost, uh, unless you're going right to the elite, has had a has had a bad spell, so I'm not going to hold his uh, Kevin Muscat spell in Belgium against him. I think it was an ill-advised move that he probably uh, gets. You seem to hold everybody else's spells in Belgium against him. Aye, I do, aye. Um, <laughs> aye, uh, but, you know, I don't have an answer to that, so I'm, I'm trying to buy time here, be thinking on my feet. But... Okay, poor Rabbi. <laughs> Slaughtered. <laughs> Just wanted some waffles and a nice easy be shot in a league. <laughs> but, look, it's... It, it just comes down to character, track record, personality. Uh, I think he's got the lot when it comes to that. I think he's on a trajectory. I think he's going to, regardless if he gets the job at Rangers, I think he's going to go to a more competitive league. Um, and whatever happens will happen there. But I cannot see any reason not to give Muscat the job. People have said temperament. Old fun games, as a Rangers player, he was not trusted to play in the the games against Celtic. 
I mean, if all else fails and it turns out he's a shit coach, at least we would have that for entertainment because he is fucking batshit crazy. Although I'm reliably informed that he's actually calmed down quite a bit as a manager. He's never lost it on the touchline as a manager, which a wee bit disappointing because that is something that I would have loved to have seen. But again, it's not an important um, criteria for the job. There is no box um, that he doesn't tick for me. I think he's the perfect candidate in every way um, because whoever comes in needs to make big decisions right from the get-go and they have to deal with a potential backlash. There will be a backlash. If the, if the, if the manager makes the decisions, the new manager makes the decisions that we are advising them to make, there's going to be a backlash, not from the fans internally. Now, you need a big, big character to deal with it. Uh, I can tell you right now, Bill was not that character. He would have folded. Gio would have folded. Gerard could have dealt with it. G- Gerard definitely could have dealt with it. In fact, many players were bombed out of the club because Gerard wasn't having them. Um, so we need a guy that that can deal with that. And 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 Muscat for me definitely is that guy. Um, we need a guy with a style of play. I think his style of play is is. Um, going to be exciting, as as Dave alluded to. There's a track record now, there's a body of evidence that that style of play gets um, the, the the team with the bigger the bigger budgets in Scotland over the line more often than not. Because when you attack Diddy's, you will get your rewards. And I think one of the drawbacks could be, in, uh, if you're going to flip the coin, is that is the only way that you can play. But, if, you know, uh, if it works, you're obviously going to be fine with it. Um, and another bit of criticism is oh, he only takes over Postecoglou teams. Um, in actual fact, every Postecoglou team that uh, Kevin Muscat has taken over, he's improved. Um, so there is a bit of substance to that. But when you actually look at the, if you if you're not lazy about it, and and lazy is looking at oh, Postecoglou was a manager of Melbourne, Postecoglou was a manager of Yokohama, and then Muscat gets the gets the job and he just continues doing what Postecoglou does. That's the lazy view. If you actually look into and getting the, the kind of the nooks and crannies of it, he's actually improved the team. Uh, whether it be points per game, whether it be actual points, whether it be goal difference, whether it be a longer sustained period of success. Um, and you you look at the fact that every Postecoglou team that's successful, and I include Celtic in that, after Postecoglou leaves, the team, um, individual players leave because obviously of the success of, of Postecoglou. So Muscat's had to come in and, and, and rebuild uh, certain aspects. For example, we see here in Scotland, Dyson Maeda was a Muscat player. He he left him. Now Maeda is not a, a, a sensational player, but w- when you look at the, how Maeda plays, that's a, he's a massive asset to Celtic. And you're going to tell me he wasn't a massive asset to to Yokohama, where he scored 25 goals in 33 games, and Muscat was able to replace him. So, I um, and on and on that respect as well, it opens up a new market. Um, Muscat will know players um, today. He's just beat Shandong and the Asian Champions League, so he'll know players around Asia, and he'll certainly know players in Japan. Well, quite frankly, Celtic have got him an all player. Um, and my final point here is really, oh, and this one I really don't get, and maybe one of you guys want to come in here um, and and maybe try and explain this to me. But the final point is, oh, we're, we're copying Celtic. I have to say it would be absolutely shite to win treble after treble after treble. It would be depressing as fuck. Like, get that get that shit in the bin. I okay, Celtic have maybe opened their eyes a wee bit to and you know, it's worth taking a punt every now and then on a on a, a successful foreign coach. And by that I don't mean Pedro. Um I mean by a guy with an actual style of play, with a guy with a, an actual track record. Um and yeah, Celtic may have opened their eyes to there is a market there in Japan. So so because Celtic done it first, we just don't go with it. 
That's just utter bullshit. Utter bullshit. Many times Celtic have copied us um, when when we've been trailblazers in the nineties. Um, who cares? Who who gives a fuck? It's dog eat dog out there, um, and we can't allow them to have a monopoly of a market and and a and a an approach to new managers because it's their thing. No fuck off. No, I'm not having that at all. And again, I might be totally looking at this through. Uh, kind of tunnel vision just because I feel Muscat's the man but are any of on board with that way of thinking? What, that we're copying Celtic? Aye. It's a lot of shite. That, that comes for them. They seem they feel this need to we done everything first, we done this first, that first. No, but there is Celtic fans out there, Dave, that's saying it but there is genuinely Rangers fans out there. Uh, and I think, I, they're, listen, I think they're anticipating that that aye. being said to them. Yeah. Kenny, you I think does Arsene Wenger not exist, no? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and how long ago was that? They, 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 they're the, the inventors of everything across the city. I wouldn't bother about them, honestly. They're non, they talk nonsense uh, but, with stuff please, like this. But please don't think that is what is getting a bee in my bonnet here. I, don't, I really don't care what they think. It's our fans. But to Dave's point, Dave may have just hit the, the nail on the head there. Maybe they're anticipating it and they're just kind of getting in there first, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it, listen, it, it's not copying anybody anyway. It's it's hiring a manager. Um, and if he happens to be playing in Japan, then, uh, sorry, managing in Japan, then it makes perfect sense. Has the guy won league titles in Australia? Has he won them in Japan? Has he won cups? Yes. Get him hired. If that's the three that we're, we're, we're looking at, he's the one you want because he's a winner. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, Chris, honestly. If you were on the fence, anybody, anybody were you on the fence after my, my muscat spiel there, after my pitch, my muscat pitch, he's, he, if he's got muscat fever now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say I'm really pleased nobody actually said McInnes? No, nah, listen, McInnes might very well be under consideration. That's a yellow card for you, Tom. <laughs> Listen, see, seeing any other kind of in any other era that McLeish, for example, uh, was given the Rangers job. Um, I think he was the uh, he he definitely was the last guy that we took from the Scottish League. McLeish got relegated with Motherwell, and he then uh, no did he no he got relegated with Hibs. He left Motherwell, get relegated with Hibs, and then get Hibs back up, and then. He had Hibs performing reasonably well. I, I don't think he took Hibs, and I think he took over and they went to an anyway, but aye. Aye, you know what I mean? But like you, you look at McInnes' record compared to McLeish's record before McLeish went to Rangers, McInnes has actually got a better record. Um, in any other era, I think McInnes, regardless of his shit football, probably would have been at least considered or at least spoken about. But the fact is, I'm going to put it to bed right now, you knock us back once, you're fucked. Um, aye, that's that it. See if you haven't knocked us back. If he had knocked his back, he would probably be the front runner for me then. Mm. Yeah, so I agree totally. Yeah, so the, the McInnes is just a non-starter for me, and he'll regret that for the rest of his life, I'd imagine, and rightfully so because he it, 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 it bottled the job. Um, and I, so that's why we're not mentioning him. We're sensible, you know what I mean? We're not, we've not completely lost our minds. Um, but that, I, I, that's where I, anybody else want to add anything in the managerial hunt here. Nah, I think we've covered all bases yet. Aye, so we we obviously have got a game on Thursday. Uh, no, there's a very very quick skim over that. Uh, listen, 
the the title of the pod isn't just fucking one tonight, but the message is pretty clear. Just fucking one. I think we're more than capable of going on to Cyprus and winning. Um, we, we need to do a turn for the fans. Um, but I actually think more importantly, I I don't think the fans are the most important thing getting into this game on Thursday. I think the most important person is Stephen Davis. Do it for Stephen Davis. Do it for do it for him. Um, this is his absolute. This is beyond his wildest dreams. He's even admitted that. Just like if you're not going to do it for us. Do it for him. Um, a draw would be a decent enough result, uh, but we're, we're very much more than capable of winning in Cyprus. Anybody actually disagree with that? Anybody think that we could be looking down the, the barrels of a defeat here? Because I just can't see it. That They are just so inferior to us, uh, which says a lot, really, because we are fucking awful, but there's no way they're a better team than us, um, and we are more than capable of going there and, and grabbing the three points. They'll fancy the chances because of where we are, because of how we are at the moment. But, but you know, it doesn't mean that they're favourites. Doesn't mean they're going to win. They will fancy their chances, but I just, um, I'm confident we'll we'll leave Cyprus unscathed. Whether that's obviously a win or a draw, I don't know. There's not a lot of goals at home. That's all I'll say. With the silence, with the silence, I don't, I don't uh, think that you would share the same uh, optimism as me. I really don't think it's a walkover. No, I don't whenever, think it's a walkover. Whenever we go to these places, Southern Europe, it'll be a hot, sweaty night. It's the early kick-off, so it'll be hot. Mad fans, albeit in a small, shitey stadium. I've seen good Rangers teams struggle against Famagusta and struggle in Greece, Panathinaikos, Athens, and so on. So I'm not taking it for granted, to be perfectly honest. The, way, the state we're in now, if we were flying in Europe in, over the last two or three years, gone in with great form, I would expect to come away with the win. I'd be accepting of a draw in the current circumstances and probably wouldn't be too hard on the team with that. Oh, no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, Andrew, before we wrap up, do you want to come in with the, uh, our esteemed sponsor? Yes, our sponsors who have decided to renew with us. Um, we had uh, a deal with Pi Sports that was going to go for two months, but because uh, it has been so popular with the listening audience and also with a fair few of the podders, um, they've signed up for the rest of the year. So you can continue to get 10% off at Pi Sports by entering code SAT at three, SAT at symbol, and then the number three. That will give you 10% off any purchase of pies that you make there. And what we also would like from our lovely listeners is for them to submit their pies of the week. So their choice of who's been the biggest idiot of the week. We want to hear from you guys to you know get your nominations. And then you'll go into a draw and potentially win yourselves some free pies. So we encourage you to submit those either by getting in touch with us via Twitter, fuck you Elon, I'm not calling it X, or by emailing us at contact at saturdayat3.co.uk. Yeah, that's that's a sponsorship spiel. And I can highly recommend the pies because I've had them myself and they're delicious. Excellent, excellent. Um, And Andrew, pie of the week, that will be next podcast, yeah? Given uh, the the state of things, uh, yeah, I suspect we'll be uh, discussing our nominations pie of the week next uh, next pod, not this one. Yeah, yeah, I think we all know who the pie of the week this week is anyway. Oh, I hundred percent. We can we can only guess. We can only guess, but yeah, I think we can probably assume. 
Um, just before obviously we wrap up, uh, I'd like to thank uh, the listeners as always. Um, as I say, as Andrew just said there, obviously your support in the podcast has helped us uh, secure a sponsor uh, until the end of the year, which is uh, massive for the podcast, really. Um, so thank you for continuing to support us. Thank you for continuing to like, subscribe, um, and follow on all the social media platforms. That is obviously Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, you'll get us in all good social media outlets such as Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts um, so your uh, support is pretty much appreciated it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks so we, we will obviously um, we, we will be here to to go through the next couple of weeks and then hopefully discuss the, the next Rangers manager um, so we'll have all that um, we will be back uh, you know I think we'll be back on Friday to discuss the Limassol game and obviously look ahead to the weekend's uh, trip to Paisley the the, the the race for the Champions League qualifiers <laughs> against St Mon. Um so yeah it will be it'll be an interesting couple of weeks um, and let's just kind of as I say just try and keep the heat uh, we're all losing our minds a wee bit to a certain extent but um, it's that's what happens when a vacuum is created uh, because the the vacuum is basically the the club have said that Michael Beale is away they're looking for an appointment and then you hear nothing until that appointment is made and you, all, all you all you're getting is potentially this one's coming in potentially that one's coming in and and we're all just left to argue amongst ourselves how we don't want the next guy to be that person that the the Rangers board have picked um, so it will be interesting to see what happens so again thank you to you the listener um, and thank you to you Tom thanks very much mate um, you, you were actually quite despondent tonight which is uh, refreshingly good to hear <laughs> normal service will be, will be resumed next time around this is yeah. just saving a fortune in therapy so you know thanks for that hey Tom listen there's only one team in Scotland that can win the treble well technically there's you know Aberdeen Hibs and, and Hearts <laughs> well, but um, <laughs> There we go, Chris. I didn't know how you did, but you found a way to do it. And uh, thank you to you as well, Kenny. Uh, Cheers, Chris. I'm just going to slide off the chain along. Do you know what? I can actually imagine you owning one of them. Uh, (laughs) um, And to yourself, Dave. Cheers, guys. Must get out. (laughs) Um, you know I I don't really want to mention this but there is one particular candidate uh, and I know I'm I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here but there is a particular candidate of the three mentioned make your mind up of who that is but the the no sign across the face is already there and he's not even in the job yet so it could be a very interesting couple of weeks Andrew Frank in. I'm excited. I don't even his name, Andrew, for fuck's sake. <laughs> bring in our terrible Essex overlords. This is it. This is my time to shine. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Thanks very much, mate. Always a pleasure, mate. Um, you know, circumstances aside, it's always good to chat, Ranger. Yeah, yeah well. Um, and uh, as I say again thank you to to you the listener and we will be back at the end of this week to discuss Limassol and to discuss the upcoming game in the league against St Mon so join us in <laughs>